tonight I was joined by the effervescent, hilarious, energetic, fast-talking Nathan Eagle, one of my favourite comedians on the circuit right now, has been stitches when I see him, very funny guy, such an enjoyable interview, hope you enjoy it too. Hey up, Nate. Can you hear me? Mate? Hello, mate. You okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you hear me? I can. Yeah, loud and clear. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Excellent, buddy. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. No worries. Very. It's my first... By the way, you're my first ever podcast I've ever done. Oh, well, I'm honoured, mate. Have thank you, you for that. blatantly refused to do them before. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm really excited. It's good. Thanks for having me on. No, well, thanks for coming on, mate. I appreciate it. Have you listened to any of the others? I have. Yes, I have. Definitely. I um, I think I've listened. Yeah, quite a few. I listened to the Glenn. I think the last one I listened to was Glenn West. Oh, yeah. Which was, yeah, very entertaining, as always. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's yeah. A bit isn't he? <laughs> yeah. No, he's a good man. And then... Uh... Obviously, you came and did the, the Lampooner at the Mayflower on Thursday last week. Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was good fun, actually. I went there with Sanjay and got to try some like new bits and stuff, so it was quite helpful. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's a nice little, nice little space there as well, actually. Quite nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, if we can just uh, get over this coronavirus malarkey. Yeah, yeah, that was the only thing. Like since I've started doing little bits and bobs when I've come back, it's like it's so it's just weird. It just feels weird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, doing, like people the first one I did was for Michael Franklin's in the uh we did one like, some place in Southampton. It was like a, it was a bit of a dodgy pub. But <laughs> it was quite yes, yeah, it's a bit rough but but um they're normally this not a bad audience, but they were, it was in like the garden, and they were quite like far away. Yeah, don't feel like you can get any like flow. No, like, I always find that like, my kind of stuff is a little bit it's rhythm based. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I need to get a rhythm going, otherwise it just don't feel right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the um the opening night we did at the Lampoon, we had like 60 people, standing room, it was packed, it was... Oh, really? Yeah, it was amazing, and that was like, you know, the beginning of March, and obviously yeah. a week later, they shut a thing down, so I was like, oh. Yeah, oh, oh, I see, oh yeah, of course you did one there, didn't you? Yeah. Well, is that when you had the, yeah, because you had the mayor there, the mayor there? Oh, yeah, we got the mayor well, down to open it up. That? How did you manage that? How did you manage to get the mayor down there? <laughs> yeah, we just messaged him. We were like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> He just slipped into his DMs. He just yeah, turned up. That was well, it. That's amazing. that's amazing. Gave him a bit of chat. <laughs> it was the best thing about it is we gave him like the, the front row seat right at the bottom of the stairs, right in front of the stage. And um Yeah. The uh the sort of opening <laughs> we had our mate Varney doing, you know, she did the MC last week with you. Um, oh yeah, yeah. She did a set and uh obviously she talks about her uh her reproductive organs quite a bit, and the mayor and his wife were trying to eat their dinner. <laughs> she must have said the word vagina about 12 times. You can see the mayor's wife trying to eat her fish pie. It's a good job I didn't head down that night then, because I got a bit about prolapsed anuses that might have upset him. Oh, mate, that prolapsed anus would have gone down well. The mayor loved it. His wife. Oh, he did like it. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> so, um,. Well, take us back to the very beginning then. How, like, let's talk about where you are. You know, when did you start in comedy? How did you get into comedy? Oh, well, I was the first, I was 17 when I started doing it. Um, And that was because, well, it's a weird story actually. I I was um, 17 and I was, I was round my, I hadn't, I can't, I'm not run away from home, but I was away from home. My parents didn't know where I was. That's a strange story. They didn't know where I was. And my stepdad, he's, a, he's quite good at tracking people down. So he tracked me down at this like girl's house that I'd been drinking at for, I don't know, about five days, just drinking and getting really drunk. <laughs> and then they took me home and I had like a, this massive breakdown. Like, uh, and I was saying that, because I was working in an office at that time, saying that I was depressed and that I wanted to do stand-up comedy. And the next day, my mum booked me on a course, like a, a comedy school course in okay. London. And that is, yeah, that's when the first time I did it. And I did a, yeah, my first gig was at a place called the Cock Tavern 
in London. I've got it on tape as well. It's fucking awful. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got enough laughs to carry on, so it wasn't too bad. But then I didn't, I didn't do it again after that until, well, God knows how long. I didn't do it for a long time. Because, like I think people have said on there before, there was nothing around. So I didn't know where to go. I couldn't really just keep going to Portsmouth. So I didn't do it again until I was about 23 and then did one gig then and then didn't do it again until, I think, the time I did the Fat Fox for the first time, which was I think was I was 26, maybe. Oh, wow. And after that, that's when I started doing it proper regularly. Yeah. And so when you're... um... When you're 17 and you're doing the first one, what's the what's your material like? What are you drawing oh, from at 17? Oh, nothing at all. That was the problem. I had no substance whatsoever. I was very <laughs> at that. Well, do you know as well when you first start at that age, you're so oh, what's the word? You're like a sponge, aren't you? So you yeah. just you're susceptible to this. You do what you love. And at that time, I really was banging to like the weird comics. I like like. Russell Brand and Noel Fielding because they were big at that time. Yeah. And so I was, you could see when you, uh, I'll send you a copy. I think the copy might be on Facebook. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll send you the link, but it's just my mannerisms and everything about me is just like, it's just like, oh, I was just trying to be something that I wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I did stuff about <laughs> the first, I think the first joke I did was, wasn't even a joke, it was about policemen on bikes. I did a joke <laughs> about policemen on bikes. Like, oh, what's it about? What's it about policemen on bikes? Uh, what if their tyres go flat? What are they going to do then? Oh, quickly <laughs> getting away. I'm pumping, I'm pumping. That was the first. <laughs> that was literally my first joke. And I think, you know, when you're that age, I think an audience kind of gives you a little bit of leeway. Yeah. Give you, because you're younger. So it did. I did all right. But I look at look back at it and think, fuck, I don't I was a completely different person. You know what I mean? But I suppose we all are in the 17. We're all, oh, God, yeah. We're all dicks, don't we, at 17? Yeah. I think I had a T-shirt on as well that said 21st century sucks. So that's what it was <laughs> in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so how yeah. long ago is that? How old are you now? I'm, I am turned 30... Uh, what month are we? Oh, fuck. It's crazy now. It's it's what month are we now? We're in September, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I turned 30 in July, July 31st, so not that long ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I hate it. How old oh, are really? you? Mate? Yeah, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 39. Oh, you're 39? Oh, man, I didn't, I'm not, I, I honestly didn't think you, I thought you were kind of roughly the same age as me. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, okay, I'll take that. And that's probably because I look older, not you look younger. <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm right. See, I've always, I've always looked old, and now my age and my face are slowly starting to catch up. Oh, so really? I think yeah. it's the eyes, isn't it? I find my eyes just a bit darker. Yeah. Underneath. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm the same. Well, well, as soon as I hit thirty, my life like completely started to change. I started popping out children accidentally. I started getting into trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. How many kids you got now? How many kids so, you got? I've got three. Your three kids. Oh, that's yeah. not too bad. That's yeah, I know. The, the big issue with me and the kids is the fact that they've got three different mums. <laughs> and they live in three different counties. Mom, <laughs> I live with, I live with three different daddies. No, they've got three different counties. Oh, oh I see. Yeah, oh, so, so you've, you've I've got one in Bracknell. I've got one in Hazelmere yeah. and one in Southampton now. And I'm not with any of the mums. Oh, never mind. I don't know. Well, you, you still see it. You still speak to them and that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I still I get the kids all the time, so it's it's just uh, fun and games. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. But it's like being in a relationship with all three women. You've got to juggle all their, like, oh, I can imagine. and all that bollocks. It's yeah. a fucking nightmare. Definitely. Have they, got, have they got partners as well? One has. One's got a partner, and she's had twins since. She's the karma one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the other two dipping and out. When they get fellas, they're all right. When they're single no, and it's yeah. just me, they've got to ruin their lives. Then, yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely understand that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> say them all, say them all. <laughs> yeah. So, what about yeah. you? Do you have any kids yet? No, no, I don't think. No, I don't want them. I don't want them. I'm not going to lie. I really don't want them. <laughs> I was, there's, there's quite a few people at my work that are popping them out at the moment, and. I just, I, uh, it's just not, I'm too selfish and there's too much that I want to do. Yeah. But, do you know what I mean? I just yeah. think, and I'm not, 
you know, my wife's older than me. Like she's like um, thirteen years older than me, so she's quite a bit older than me. So she's got like a, a another kid from a past relationship, and um, so she's sorted. And I've never just never really been. I've just not never really wanted it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd feel bad if I had one, and then I'd be trying to go do gigging every night, and yeah, and a, and she's looking after the kid. I'd feel I'd feel bad for that. So I don't think it's fair on on sort of the kid or my wife but yeah and plus i hate them they're little cunts they? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true um, <laughs> but the uh like i say the, the benefit of you've got now is you've obviously had the the stepchild and so you've experienced what it's like to be and have that responsibility yeah. of being sort of a, a father yeah, but it's a bit different because where my wife's older like he's only like he's he's like five years younger than me so it's very difficult telling someone off who's only five years younger than you. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, because my wife, because she had a kid when she was seventeen, so she was very young, and yeah, she, yeah, she's like thirteen years older than me. Because I like the older lady. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, I was out. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I, I know it's. it's um, I've had girlfriends who have been the same age as me before, and they've always kind of. Oh, I don't know. I just, Not quite I float your boat. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's that. There's generally that. It doesn't. It don't, yeah. And then some of my friends, they really like sort of like younger 20-year-olds or something like that. And it's just, yeah, it's not for me. You like what you like, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of, Like, there's three of us that hang around together, us lads. We're all the sort of same age. One of yeah. us has got, um, he's got a 15-year-old boy. And one of my mates has just started seeing a 21-year-old girl. I'm like yeah. he's had, his son is closer in age to your girlfriend than you are. <laughs> he's like poor about it like that. Like, well, yeah. They're each to their own. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Are you dating at the moment? Are you looking, or are you just taking it easy? I am. Um, yeah, I'm sort of. I went onto the dating apps and tried all that. Obviously, during lockdown, it's difficult to meet anybody when you're going out, and. Um, all the dating apps did was depress me because it started to make me realise that a I'm old, and you're swiping on all these attractive women, and obviously they've got hundreds of men must be swiping on them all the time. Oh, God, um, yeah. And then the women that were like swiping <laughs> that were like getting in touch with me, it made me realise that my personality has helped me punch up quite a bit <laughs> over time. <laughs> That's so, not a bad thing, is it? Not a bad no, thing. No, not a bad thing. But you can't really shine your personality very much on these dating apps. So no, yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, it's a bit difficult. And now, obviously, even when you go out now, have you been out like out out with mates and that yet in town and stuff? No, no. Do you know what? I haven't. Like a lot of my friends have up and left to London now because oh, they because okay. they've all gone up there because a lot of them do like film film studies and not film studies, but they do film stuff there so they're trying to make it over there and they're like um one of my friends does advertising okay they get advertising videos they're very middle class friends yeah but, um, um yeah so i don't yeah so i don't i haven't really been out i haven't been out properly it's yeah i think that was the first time i went the first time i've been in a pub since like whenever lockdown began was when i went to that gig the other day oh no actually well and the one i did for michael yeah that was yeah yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's no mingling now. Everyone just sits on individual tables. You can only really chat to the people you've gone out with, and then that's yeah, so it. Yeah, so what's the point? Almost, yeah. You know what I, mean? I wouldn't that's enjoy like stay indoors. Yeah, yeah, just stay indoors and wank yourself silly. Exactly. Yeah, well, this is I've got a bit now where this is the longest I've sort of been single. I've kind of been a serial relationship person. Oh, okay. And um. Yeah, at the age at the age of like thirty nine, I've sort of discovered that I masturbate completely wrong <laughs> to the point where it gives me like repetitive strain injury, like on my shaft. I'm sort of burning bits oh, away. No. So I've had to readjust. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say. Do you say that's a bit? Are you doing a bit about that? Yeah. I it's I because I'm not a, like a person who really likes to talk. I don't. I've never really been that graphic on stage, but I've started doing it lately because I. I find stuff like that really funny. Mm. Like, so I thought, do you know what? Why aren't you doing it? I've always had this thing in the back of my head, like, oh, you shouldn't do that sort of thing. But I was wrong to think that. So I'm trying to work this bit out at the moment. I did it for the first time at Michael's gig. 
And it's about when I was a kid, like, no one teaches you how to sort of relieve yourself. Do they? So no one teaches you how to sort of, you know, like, masturbate. And if they exactly. did teach you, yeah, if they did teach you, you should probably report them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, when I was a kid, you kind of got to get, like, creative. So what I did when I was young, getting my first sort of sexual awakenings, I started, like, rubbing up against walls. Yeah. Did you do this? Yes. Did yeah. you do this? And door frames. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. friends like, have, just, like, closing like, doors on our dicks. Yeah, and... yeah not, just, not just any wall either. Like, I'm not a slut. Like, I've got a specific... <laughs> Particular wall. Yeah, specific type. We've got a type of wall. It's normally, like, a corner wall. The <laughs> one wall ends and another wall begins. Like, it's poetic. Nice. That's all the wall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been trying to do that on stage, and it's... Well, I've only done it once, but it was, like, it... it it was going up, but I feel like it's not, you know, when you got to do it at the right, right place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it was daytime at this gig. <laughs> and there were like loads of people walking past and I hate them to like, just sort of, as they're walking past to hear me talking about sort of rubbing up against walls and ejaculating everywhere. It would be. What I like about it is, um, is like no one, you know, when you talk about that, like, People have experienced, especially blokes, they'll, they'll kind of be like, yeah, something similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. Uh, if you catch them right, like with my bit, I set it up with the fact that I just became single before lockdown and, you yeah, know, I think, walking away, yeah, no, upset, blah, blah, blah. I think you're right there. I think sometimes with a bit like that, I, uh, well, if I'm going to do a bit like that, have you, uh, did you, have you seen my like, nursing home bit? I've done? Yes. I've done every, yeah, that. Yeah, saw you the Elba Bank. Yeah. So I put that, that's like a perfect closer. So I put yeah. it at the end because I can get their trust up until that point. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I can, yeah. I can get them to trust me and then I'll just with like normal stuff and then I'll finish with this end bit that's a little bit graphic. But I've I've got their trust. Like I've groomed them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. like, do you know what I mean? Well put. So yeah. I always put it, I always put something like that towards the end. So that they they can yeah they trust me a little bit to go to go a bit little little bit weird or a little bit dirty <laughs> yeah because I do I love that sort of stuff I really like it all that sort of like Billy Connolly oh and like watching some of Billy Connolly's earlier stuff when he would be quite graphic very yeah. funny and um, Mickey Flanagan I just, I'm like I think Mickey Flanagan might be my favourite comedian actually at the moment I was watching um some of his stuff about like oh just like like fingering and stuff like that yeah in general and just so funny just so funny and so relatable and yeah that's just, i do like that sort of stuff i want to do more of that sort of stuff yeah so you know so one of the issues that i ran into now because like i've got like a whole 10 minute bit that is like super graphic talks about me wanking talks about yeah. having sex with this married woman who lives across the road and she was so <laughs> completely uninhibited she like spat on me during sex or right oh, no. she was full-on crazy and she was only <laughs> having sex with me because her husband's cock was so huge she needed a break <laughs> that's, so, funny. that's good that's funny but that's now good. now people are like that's very misogynistic and i'm like i don't i don't there's no like hatred there this is me playing a victim no yeah i don't feel i don't think that is i think that you are you're is definitely the full guy in that i yeah. don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah <laughs> So I'm just um, sort of working on that a bit more to try and sort of build up the uh, the victim element a little bit more to be like yeah. I was at a low ebb type of thing. But no. it, again, it's it's those little nuances where you need to get out and, and do exactly. it so much. Sometimes it's, it's literally just about wording. Yeah, you can just change a, one like sentence or something in that bit, and then people would be like on your side a bit more. Do you know That's what I mean? It. Yeah. Sometimes it can be easy as that. Because I've, I've done bits, I thought, oh, why are they going for this? They're really not going for this. And I've changed one little word. And I think, oh, fucking hell, it's just suddenly working. It's nuts. And sometimes you work it out on stage, don't you? I, I like it. I like yeah. to get the basic premise of my yeah. stories and then just tell them. And then just tell them, tell them, tell them. Do as many gigs as possible and then start yeah. to try and build up the little like, improv the bits that make up. Hello? Hello? Oh, sorry, mate. You can still hear me, yeah? You still yeah. hear me? Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, carry on. Sorry, yeah, I was just saying, I like to work bits out on stage, I like to write the basic premise and then yeah. just just gig as much as possible. And then all the little things that you think of on stage in the moment, then I try and keep that and build up from there. 
that's the, that's the pro- yeah i think that's the pro- probably the that's like one of the best ways to do it i think i think you're i think you're quite bang into american comics aren't you yes I am too. Look, most of the time now, I that's what I watch. I rarely watch UK stand up. Yeah, really, it's just not. It's just not to my taste. I don't. I'm not going to slag it off or anything like that. It's just I prefer watching American stand ups like Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle. For me, is probably oh, like the best comic yeah. in the world at the moment. So yeah, and I just I love Louis Louis CK as well. But oh, there's a Dave Chappelle joke that really makes me laugh where he says. Um, Louis C.K. used to be my best friend before he died in that terrible masturbation accident. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but they're the kind of they're the kind of comedians I like, and I think it's because they're more. They seem to be, uh, like you say, that they work stuff up. And I know that's a big thing with them. They kind of go out on stage with an idea, and they will just flesh that idea out. Yeah, on the stage. and that's exactly, yeah exactly what you're kind of saying. That similar kind of thing. Yeah, I had um, Charmaine Davies on here last week and oh, yeah, yeah. and we were saying like she lived in america and, and for a few years and was doing stand-up over there and and i was saying i listened to um like burnt kreischer and tom segura and bill burr mm-hmm. and all their mm-hmm. like, podcasts yeah. and they yeah. talk about you know when they get going or when they're starting they do two or three shows in a weekend you know they'll do a, a show and then a late night show and then a matinee show and they'll bang out you know, they'll, they'll get like 20 shows within two weeks and stuff. They'll start to smash out tons. And we don't, re- we're not really set up. We don't have the right yeah. comedy clubs. We don't have the right mm. comedy infrastructure. Mm. So we haven't got that. Because this is what I found. Because I, I don't know if you know, but I sort of quit comedy for like, a, uh, I don't know, maybe six months or something like that. I quit okay. comedy. Because I just wasn't enjoying it. But I think I wasn't enjoying it because I was doing all these gigs, like uh, where I was getting a little bit of money and I had to. Um, you had to do your best stuff. Mm. So I couldn't afford to sort of. I didn't want to upset the promoter or something like that. So I felt like I was. I was always pressured because you are. You've kind of got to do your stuff. You want to get booked again or something like that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Especially if it's money, you want to get keep getting booked. And I wasn't doing gigs like. Um, sorry, what was that? I got my phone. Oh, I wasn't doing gigs like the Dolphin or places like that enough. Because yeah. there, where you get this you get this free reign to do whatever you want to do. You can just be as experimental as you like, really. And there isn't that added pressure of, like, you're not going to get booked here again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I missed that. So when I come back and I started doing, like, the Dolphin and, yeah, play, well, the Dolphin and places like that, especially the Dolphin, I love that place, just yeah. trying new material, um, it immediately ignited my love to stand up again because I was like, oh, I'm doing new stuff. It, it makes me excited again for it because you can get uh, you're probably the same you can get easily bored of doing the same like 20 minutes yeah for fucking ages and you just like oh, there's bits where i'm i do this bit called kung fu fighting just about to go into it i'm just thinking in my head i'm thinking oh, i've got to plow for this fucking shit one more time <laughs> you know what i mean and so in order for these bits to work i've got to be so high octane and energetic, it fucking knackers me out. <laughs> yeah, well, that was what I was going to say because you're, um, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you have a lot of energy behind your performances as well. So if you're mm-hmm. not feeling it and you've got to try and push yourself mm-hmm. into that, but you must be drained at the end. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a lot better now because I've sort of I've got a lot more healthier. And because before I was drinking a lot all the time and I, and I was, I was smoking like 40 fags a day. So I was like, yeah, I was proper cane in it and um i noticed my voice was just kept breaking during a 20 i was fine in 10 but 20 yeah. minutes set round about sort of like 15 minutes my voice would just be like fucked and um so that's what i had to stop just being a dick smoking so many cigarettes <laughs> and drinking because it was just because i because i need my style is energetic it's it needs that energy that's how i perform i didn't kind of, i don't know if you i'm sorry if i'm rambling a bit but um, I don't know if you, because I don't think you choose your style. I think it chooses you. I don't mean that to sound a bit woo-woo, but I think it does. Like, I remember the first time I went to the Fat Fox, I kind of just went up and I didn't, I had, I had my material, but I didn't know how it was going to come out. And it just come out like this. I don't know if that was nerves or anxiety, but it just yeah. came out like this rapid fire thing. And it just happened. And I think that's why it's kind of, yeah, so that's kind of just that style chose me in a way. 
Yeah, you can see you can see it's very like when you're on stage. That's not like a character that seems to be very much you, very much how. No, oh, man, you that's are. cool. No, thank you for saying that. Cause sometimes I worry because in the beginning there were times where some people genuinely. Well, I did a gig in Salisbury, and they gen. I think because they hadn't seen a working class person in such a long time, <laughs> they genuinely thought I was playing a character. I did a joke in Salisbury about like, accidentally stealing um, a telly from a Lidl. Not only could they not understand the concept of accidentally stealing, they couldn't understand the concept of fucking Lidl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yeah, thank you for saying that, because that's what I've tried to be, what I really want to be like now, uh, growing as a performer, is I, I just bang into authenticity. I just want to be authentic. Yes. That's what I love. That's why I love Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, and all American comics. They just seem like they're so much more authentic than English comics. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I, and I get the same. So when you watch, so I've been to see Michael McIntyre live, for example. Yeah. And you watch yeah. Michael McIntyre, and he can be entertaining at the London Palladium, mm. you know, in front of the Queen and the Royal Variety and, and his, his daytime yeah. shows and whatever. Yeah. And then when you see him on stage, I saw him at a work in progress gig and you know, swearing and, um, yeah. you know, a bit more sort of uh, rude and that sort yeah. of stuff. And you need, after that, I was a bit like, oh, I can't really, I don't know which one's which. It didn't really feel, I don't know who's who there. Yeah, I completely get what you mean. Look, I watched the other day uh, Jack Whitehall's new, new special on Netflix, right? And yeah. he was doing this bit. He was doing this bit. I've never really been that into Jack Whitehall, but I thought I'll give it a go. And he was doing this bit about cheese. I don't know, like it was different types of cheese or some kind of, some bit like that. Quite a generic bit. But it was, the, he was so, in the bit, he was so angry about the cheese and he was delivering all this anger. And I just thought, I don't believe that you're angry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it, like, um, if it was like, it wasn't the bit that I had a problem with. I don't have a problem with whatever bit. Because I often feel it's not the subject matter. It's how you, how you deliver it and what yeah. you do with it. But it was just I did not believe his anger at all. I thought you are not angry about that. That that's just fake. It just do you know what I mean? I just thought it's yeah. fake. Yeah, yeah no, I'm absolutely Steve, with um, you on that. Yeah, someone like Bill Burr, I'm immediately like you're 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 fucking annoyed about this. You believe this. Yeah. And even though I don't necessarily agree with them, I still think oh at least he's bloody being authentic and yeah. So I can yeah. I can I can laugh at someone that I don't agree with. I don't I don't I think that's another thing in the in in the UK. Seems like if you don't agree with the comic, you can't laugh at them. Why is that? Don't get that. Yeah, people take a stance, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You can still be funny and not agree with whatever they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, because I um I've seen Bill Burr live as well. Saw him when he did his Paper Tiger recording. Oh, man, no, yeah, that must have been great. Where did you it see was... him? Yeah, at the where they, they were recording it at the time we were there at the um. At where was the, it? Uh, wherever it was. Um, Albert Hall, whatever I can't remember what it was. Oh, of course, yeah, he did it in the album. Yeah, no, he did do it in the Albert Hall. I remember him talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. That shit up. It, yeah, and it's brilliant. And he, he does. So, again, I've listened to like his podcast, and he talks about how at one stage in his career, he would do a club in a different town, and in, he would have a bit about, you know, the 7 Eleven, but he couldn't call it a 7 Eleven. He had to work out it was called the Circle K, and then he yeah. would have to try and change what he was saying to fit the place he was. Yeah, he he's talking to Bert Kreischer, who's like a Bert Kreischer comes across like a big baby, like man baby. But he's so yeah. like, yeah, encyclopedic about his comedy. Yeah. He kind of knows everything. Mm. He's very clever. Very and, and Bert's man. picking up on his paper tiger thing, and he's he said, "No, you didn't do that when you did your latest special." And Bill Burr was like, "No, I'm at the point now where I think, well, fuck it. I'm going to talk about Trump. I'm going to talk about um, what's her name, Obama, Michelle Obama." He said, "You know, I'm talking to a UK audience." He said, "And if they don't get it, and I." remembered him talking he did a, a bit about trump and like there it wasn't much of a laugh and he's like ah go fuck yourselves and he just moved yeah. on to the next bit well because he's just being authentic he's doing what exactly. he's done and there's there's something to be said for that definitely if a performer's just like this is what i do you, you especially you do know what i mean you just do what you do yeah i don't think we can argue with that sometimes yeah. it's so stressful that's another reason why i quit in the first place i was so stressed thinking oh, fucking hell, do i have to change it here do i have to like um maybe not say that. I don't want to be like one of those people who goes on about sort of PC culture, even though I do yeah. think it's a problem, but 
but <laughs> yeah, there is there is that. You do have to be like, oh, I don't know if I can say that here. Or even when coming up with a new bit, when you feel like, oh, fuck, is this on the line? How do I word this? Even though you know what your actual intent is, yeah, you still have to be, it's like you have to be wary. And that is exhausting. But there's something to say to be for someone I will just go out and, and that's why I like Dave Chappelle as well. Like that late the latest Sticks and Stones special, I feel like, I feel like it was important for a stand-up comedy, that special. It was like a big fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this is what I do. And it's yeah. And you can't cancel Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's Dave Chappelle. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. He canceled <laughs> himself if anything. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. the Sticks and Stones one, is that when he talks about Jesse Sommelier? And he... um, yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> and he does, the, he does like the LGBT uh, bus, yeah, where they're all on a taxi ride. Oh, yeah, it's great, very, very funny. But um, yeah, yeah. But they're they're just all they have they have an authenticity that I think sort of UK comedy com comics lack. And yeah, I think maybe it's because we're very and I put myself in this bracket. I think we're stuck in like joke form. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. We're kind of still stuck there. And very bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Yeah, this is where... So I was having a conversation with Glenn West, actually, recently. Um, so he emceed a gig, and he was saying that he actually got some grief for booking me because people have complained about, you know, my sort of material and how crude it is and how, you know, it, they can't really tell if it's a joke or if it's a true story. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's, it's a true story. Just tell him what's happened, you know. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. I don't think I could sit there and write a a fake, yeah. you know, sort of story or yeah. a fake joke you know type thing. Maybe that's yeah. not in me yet. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Anything that I kind of do now, uh, admittedly, it's exaggerated, and I, yeah. I I build things into it. But there's always, whenever I start anywhere, it, there's an, always an element of truth. Like for example, the kung fu fighting bit. So that happened, and I just put. Like I started with, okay, I kicked my nan in the face at my cousin's wedding. <laughs> where do I go? Where do I go from that? Yep. And then I built all of this kind of fabrication around it, but I had this. That's the core bit of truth there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel the same way. I feel like I, this. I find it very. I've done it a few times, and I have bits like it. But I do find it hard to go out there and just say something that's completely bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's it, and especially mm. with. Again, your your material is is similar to mine in the sense of it's a story. It's a story that you yeah. tell, and there's a start, yeah. middle, and an end, and as it goes yeah. through, and it goes from you know one to the next, and there's similar themes. Maybe um, yeah. yours is a lot more energetic. Mine's more like locker room, you know, sharing secrets. Yeah. But um, it but that's the kind of like that's the kind of humor I like. Like when you're talking about you being that kind of um slower paced i love that so it's weird that's why i think sometimes think it's weird that i've chosen it but then i say it's probably because that's my natural i think i've probably spoke quite fast in this podcast <laughs> well that's it that's your natural cadence isn't it that's how you speak i would talk over my words if i tried to speak a lot quicker see that's the weird thing i think i think um i feel like i'm a sharper thinker when i'm speaking quickly yeah you know what i mean yeah it feels like my mind just works faster at that speed you know, things like it's going at it just it seems to work better. Yes, yeah, mm. and it does. And, and I'm I'm in sales, and then there's a lot of salespeople that are exactly the same. That they're, they're quick speaking, yeah. quick thinking. You know, yeah. it's okay. You know that that sort of fast pace. There's there's sort of that generally suits that. You know that role better, and but that's yeah. who they are. You, you talk to them about anything. Talk to them about football. Talk to them about their you know families, and they're the same. It's just rapid, quick yeah. fire. That's how they. That's how they get on. Yeah. Yeah, but as like I said, I do. I really like when I watch comedy. I like like well, like Louis C.K. for example, very slow, but yeah. not very not very slow, but it's a lot slower paced and taking his time on bits. I love that kind of humor. Yeah, uh, but it's just yeah, it's just not what it's not what I, not what I do. But I've tried in the past to emulate it, and I always fuck it up. Can't do it. It doesn't work. That's it. It's tried, natural. That's right. I've to, yeah, I've tried to slow right down on one. Uh, I used to do it right at the beginning when I started doing stand-up. I started doing more deadpan-y type acts and it uh, type acts and it just didn't just didn't fit. 
just didn't work with the material. It just wasn't right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and like I say, my yeah, my sort of number one is is Tom Segura, his pace and his storytelling. Mm. But I'd yeah. love I'd love to go and see Louis C.K. I reckon it'd be hilarious going to see him live. Have you seen his new special? No, his new one. Yeah, it's because he's got he put it on his website. Oh, it's great! He, talk, he talks about it. It's really funny. He talks about the what happened. It's yeah, it's very very funny. It's a good special. Oh, I'm gonna look yeah. that up. Yeah, so he's got a website, hasn't he? And he, that's where he put it. And I think it, you've got to pay like it's quite cheap. It's like three ninety nine or something like that. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I'll get that help. Thanks, mate. That's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's um? So I know, like at a minute, you're at that stage where you are sort of getting paid for gigs. And it, you, do you have an agent? Is there somebody sorting out? Are you still sort of um, sorting all this out yourself? Well, I did. I did have an agent. I had an agent, but she was a little bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I had an agent for a while, but she didn't really help an awful lot. But um, uh, but when to be honest. When I quit comedy, I lost a lot of momentum because I was getting kind of I was tapping at the door of sort of regular paid stuff. Yeah, and I think when I quit, I kind of lost a lot of momentum. But then again, I would have done anyway with this pandemic, so I'm not that fussed about it. Yeah, but um, I I don't really think it's that much of a necessity to get an agent unless you get a proper one, like a proper decent agent who's, who's only looking for like four acts the thing is i had an agent who was looking after like 20 something acts maybe okay and, um yeah she it, she, she couldn't really focus on one person do you know what i mean because she had all these other people so yeah it never really worked out i just she's she's a nice enough person i'm just saying that if it goes out <laughs> it goes out, she, I, don't she, I don't know if she will but she is a nice person <laughs> She just, yeah, she just, it just didn't work for me. And so, like, what's what's the stage? So, obviously, we're we're in this fucking scenario now. What's the yeah. stages for you? Because I've seen, and I don't know how um, old these are, but you've obviously had a couple of uh, you've written and done some videos and some skits and stuff. Like, were you at home and oh, are you, oh, oh, no, your YouTube oh, channel. How old are those? Oh, are you on about the what are you want about the broken brick stuff? Uh, so there was something about I'm trying to remember now. It was something about you. You're in the kitchen with your mate, or you're at home with a, a friend of yours comes in. Oh, exit thirteen. Uh, this is a zombie one, yeah. Yes. Yeah, th- yeah. That stuff is. Yeah, I'm still part of that. Like, the, you know, the people I was on about that have gone to London. Oh, okay. Them, basically, we had like a sketch group, and we made we didn't just sketch group. We made like short films and stuff, and we won we won like a fair bit of awards and had quite a nice bit of success. Um, and we, we've had like, we're, we're, um, in talks with people about pilots and things like that, but nothing's really come ahead because everything got stopped because of the COVID thing. Yeah. But we've had, yeah, but that was something I've been doing as well for, yeah, for, since I was maybe, I can't remember, 20 something, we started doing that. Okay. My friend, Jeffy McLaren sort of set that up and stuff and we, yeah, we, we do we haven't done anything for a while, but we do. We're still a group. We make short films and sketches and bits and bobs and stuff like that. That's all. Yeah. And so, where do you see yourself? Like, so obviously, you've done that. Call it acting, if you like, and then you've done the writing and doing stand up. What's the? Is there a preference? Is there a way you want to sort of go with it? Oh, stand up all the way. That's yeah, what I like the most. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do the acting's all right, but it just takes fucking forever to um, set up stuff. It can be a ball ache, and also it's all right because like, with the bricks, we all we're all friends, so we all get along. It's fun, but um, it's like stand up such an immediate response. Yeah. For a long. Whereas we film something, we'd have to wait like I don't know, fucking sometimes months before it come out, and um, do you know what I mean? Before you got that response. So in stand up, it's hello. Yeah, I'm listening. I keep getting worried because I'm speaking too much and then it goes out. <laughs> um, but uh, with stand-up, it's so immediate. Like, you can you can come up with a bit that day. Yeah. We're long on that day. Go do it that night and 
immediately know whether it's funny or not. Yeah. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's, I love, and I've always, stand-up's what I've always wanted to do, I think. I can't, I know it sounds weird, but I can't remember a time where I didn't want to be a stand-up. Like, when I, people sort of, I, I would never call myself, I'd, I'd prefer the term stand-up to comedian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, I'd like, I'd like saying I'm a stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, I like, yeah, it's, um, Something raw about it. It's what, sorry? Something raw yes. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, so one of the other things about the American comics is they have, it's, it's like nightly, isn't it? They've always got a night. They'll always go down. It forces mm-hmm. them to write more, forces them to try mm-hmm. new bits. And yeah. I've, I, well, sorry, go on. No, you, you, do you mean they've got like a, a club that they can go to to yeah. do that? Yeah, well, that's basically what the comedy store is in LA. Is I take it you you follow all the sort of American comics, do you just follow Rogan and stuff like yeah. that. So like, because uh, he's they're all up and up, they're all moving, aren't they? Yeah, all Texas, isn't they? they? Yeah, but like the comedy store to them is something that I would love. We haven't got that in England. No, we haven't got we haven't got that. I know there's a comedy store in England, but it's not the same as the American comedy store. Where it's like that's where they all go, that's where they all meet, that space, and uh, yeah, we haven't really got that in the UK, and that kind of yeah, something that I think would be great if we did have like that kind of club. But yeah. then I suppose it's not kind of club because it's got so much history behind it, such a historic place, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. You hear mm-hmm. them talking about obviously Pryor was up there mm-hmm. and Steve Martin yeah, done it there, and mm-hmm. you know going back to Lenny Bruce and to all these guys yeah. that have been on there. And, mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't have that heritage. You know, we yeah. have Jonglers, which is our closest in terms of any sort of national chain of comedy clubs. Yeah. I mean, you've got the Comedy Store in London, which has had, like, it's, that's what had all, like, the, the first birth of the alternative comics, I think. So you did have a lot of, like, people that would be considered legends now, like Rick Mayo and yeah, Edwards were there. And, like, I think Robin Williams even dropped in a few times, which is nuts. But, um, and then, like, uh, yeah, like them kind of people like Joe Brand and Jack D, I think all kind of came from that ilk. So there's a little bit of history, but it doesn't seem to be, it's just not the same, is it? It's not no. the same. In like the comedy store in America, there's a piano that was built especially for Richard Pryor to snort cocaine off. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing, isn't it? Like, That's so, I know it's awful, but it's cool. That's it so is. cool. It is. Imagine being in that room. Oh. So I've just finished, I've just finished listening to his autobiography, and oh, really? his his fucking life was obviously yeah. some crazy shit. But he, they all talk about they've got their own sort of clubs. So Bill Burr's got the Boston Improv, and um, yeah. Bert Kreischer's got you know the Comedy Store, and, and then they've all got where they sort of start, and then they 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 come together at this, they come up at the same time type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the Richard Pryor shit when he talks about how he got started and. Talks about yeah. he trying to emulate Bill Cosby, and then he changes into his yeah. own man, if you like. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting about a lot of those comedians as well? We started that early. Is like like um, pro- they would all do each other's jokes. Like they would do yeah. that a lot. When it's kind of crazy because they're legends. Like Pryor's like one of the best ever, right? But to think of now, like if that say if he that happened now of a, as a, of a young guy coming up start yep. doing other people that would not be accepted which is kind of like an interesting thing like that that was one so you that's like the worst thing you can do now right like you yes. couldn't do that you wouldn't survive you yeah. wouldn't people would be like oh we're never booking him again and prior Whereas talks that, openly then, prior talks like, like yeah his first half of his career all he did was just bill cosby yeah he just yeah definitely more off bill cosby jokes but then i think a lot of them a lot of those comics from back then did do that they all shared I think there was a thing, wasn't there, before gigs where they would have a conversation about, are you doing the one about the, well, you know, about the dog tonight? Are you doing the one about yeah. the mother and all? They'd have that conversation, which is it's nuts to think about, but it was just a different time. But Pryor was one of the first people that broke out of that realm of comedy and did something that was different. Like, did, he was he was one of the first comedians who were truly authentic, you could say. Yeah. Because he was he yeah, about, he had such yeah, an yeah. interesting life, you know, being brought up in the whorehouses, yeah. being brought up by his yeah. mom, and, mm. you know, he was abused, uh, sexually abused at a young age, and then he had the heart attacks mm. and his drug abuse, and he set himself alight, mm. and all this shit, mm. and then he but just he talks about it. 
Yeah, that freebasing bit. Yeah. You've seen that when he's talking about freebasing. Like, um, it's just, I think that was like the first, I think that might have been his first special after that happened. And he was talking about that freebasing incident. And I think that's just nuts that he would go on stage and talk about that. Yeah. And that must be like one of the worst times in his life. And he made it astonishingly funny. Like, unbelievably funny. When you hear him talking about just the recovery period, um, you know, in his autobiography, when he talks about how he had like third degree burns over like 80% of his yeah. body. Uh, and that's a lot him, right? Yeah. And he's talking about Ooh. like he's just leaking fluid constantly. Yeah. For months, he was in agonizing pain. Um, And he talks about like the only thing that wasn't burnt was his dick. And he sort of remembers (laughs) talking free base. And he was like, the only thing he was worried about was that his dick wasn't catching a light. Yeah. Fucking (laughs) just mental. I know. He's a very unique man, a brilliant man. Yeah. Yeah. And brilliant. And I was saying to, uh, I was saying to Charmaine or saying to um, one of the guests previously, I don't, so I've, done a lot of stupid things in my life and i sort of think i have got a drawer on now for comedy and and now it's almost perpetuates my behavior now because something interesting if i get invited to do something Mm. interesting or a chance to go and do something interesting i'm like yeah i'm gonna do that because that'll be good material no no i know exactly what you mean no definitely yeah no yeah that's it's that can be a pain in the ass i think sometimes though because i've done the exact same thing where i thought i'm gonna go to this orgy just to see if I can get chasing the stories. Yeah, no, 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 exactly what you mean. Because every there's, I think a lot of comedians have said about this is that you could have something really bad happen to you and immediately think I'm you're you want to draw on this for yeah for a material, which I don't know. I because I sometimes think, oh, is it a good thing that you can do that? Because I suppose it people say it's a little bit like therapy, doesn't it? But then is it, is it? Because it's like, almost like you're not feeling properly if you do that. Do you're you know not what I mean? Yeah, you're not processing. Yeah, you're just kind of turning it into something else. So you're not feeling that emotion properly. So sometimes I wonder if that's a good thing for a comic to do. But then you also, you look back on, obviously, comedians with the reputation for poor mental health and drug abuse and drink mm-hmm. abuse and... You know, yeah. if that's a contributing factor, if if they're not dealing with these mm-hmm. things, they're going on stage mm-hmm. making a joke of it, and everyone's yeah. laughing, and they go, "Well, that's per- perfectly fine." Actually, you know, they've experienced mm-hmm. these horrific things. Well, it makes the best comics as well. That's the thing. It does. It? it makes the best comedians. All of them are pretty fucked up. Yeah. All of, all of the people you would consider to be great, I would say, have probably got some kind of mental health issue, without doubt. Hugely, yeah. I'm just listening to the Robin Williams autobiography now. Oh, man, yeah, man. He was like my hero. He's the big hero of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you can draw some similarities between his stage presence and your own in terms of that quicked, you know, sort of oh, rapid, like rapid fire. Well, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know, that's weird, actually, because I generally, it's weird. I don't know about you, but if someone compares me to, like, a modern comedian, I get really pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone compares me to like someone from the past or like you know like someone like robin williams i i love it really like it so thank you it's a very nice thing to say yeah no you're welcome it's definitely and the way that he or the way that people describe him I, so i remember i saw you at the alba bank and yeah. you were my girlfriend at the time we were together and we were crying like <laughs> everything you did was just and you were the best of everybody that was on and everybody was great but you yeah. You were you sort of suited our uh, humour very well, you know, and we were we were sort of crying about it. And I do remember at the time thinking about the Robin Williams and his specials and how yeah. it almost seems like he was making it up. But actually, when you listen to the yeah. autobiography, yeah. he his growing up, his whole thing, all he did in his head was just play things. All he did constantly was just do bits, yeah. do voices, do. You know, he and then when he went on stage, it looked like he was improv, but he'd worked on it. He had it ready in the armory. Yeah. The thing with Robin Williams was, I feel like he just he he had he used all of his ammunition, all of his arsenal. He just used it. Do you know what I mean? Everything that he had that he could do, he used on that stage. He gave like a hundred percent as a performer. Yeah, and that's that's why I loved him. Like I, I think Miss Doubtfire. As a film, I watched that when I was, I think I might have, that might have come out when I was about four, right? So 
I maybe watched it when I was five. But I think that film might as well be responsible for why I wanted to do comedy. I genuinely think that. Because yeah. that would have been the first thing I saw that was like, oh, who's this guy? And I remember loving that film. So much so that at like my uh, maybe fifth birthday, we had a clown and I asked the clown to paint me as Miss Doubtfire. <laughs> and he said no, so I kicked him in the bollocks. <laughs> and two juggling balls fell out. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think he might have been. I think that film, Miss Doubtfire, uh, Ace Ventura, and um, uh, yeah, Austin Powers. I think them films might have been really responsible for why I became a comedian. Oh, mm. why I started doing stand up. Yeah, yeah, what well, I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. He was just dynamic when he? he was so good. And um, yeah. and again, like listening to Steve Martin's um, or Bob Freeman, he just like yeah. his. Where everyone goes, oh, he was only a stand-up for a couple of years. He was a stand-up for years, but he had this huge success yeah. for like four years. Yeah. And um, when you were saying about how you feel a bit almost jaded by having to do the same type of material, he talks about yeah. a similar thing where he, he sort of he had two years worth of bookings and two years worth yeah. of commitments, and he was just like, oh, I don't want to do this, you know. And he he didn't have a chance to do new material because he's just doing stadiums. Yeah. He's just having to do the best bits constantly especially back then i think back then probably more so because you had um you you didn't have things like social media Mm. or sort of youtube or stuff like that so uh, people would people would just hear about a bit and get they would call call that bit out so we'd have to do them like if he didn't do the hits of that yeah of his material people would have probably been pissed off and not stopped calling out which is something that I think disappeared now luckily you don't really have that do you know what I mean I don't think yep. I think people think when you get to a certain level and as, as a stand-up and if you'll say being famous I think people want the new stuff now I don't think they want to see do you know what I mean when I say that I don't yeah. think it's like that I don't think it's do do the act now yeah so like if Mickey Flanagan comes out and does his out out bit you don't yes he's he done does. that now it's gone yeah. so next yeah, yeah. new stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's a good example actually, because he will he will do that as a request, won't he? Yeah. Sometimes, which I think is a nice thing to do for the audience. But once it is done, that is it. Like that's it. It loses its yeah, yeah. It loses its thing. Like Bert Kreischer has got his machine story about the Russian mafia. Yeah. Yes, yes, amazing story. A very good story. Yeah, amazing. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and like he says, you know, people still shout out the machine. He laughs about it and stuff, but he doesn't want to perform yeah. that story anymore. He he kind of is past that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you think about how many times you do a bit sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. But generally, there's bits I've got to think. I think, how many times I've actually said that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's dangerous as well, because I got to a stage where I would be doing a bit, like, say, the Kung Fu fighting bit. I'd be doing it, and I wouldn't be performing it as much as what I should be. Yeah. So I'd, I'd turn into a robot. I'd just say it. Going through emotions. It would just be autocue and I'd just, just be saying it. And I think that can be dangerous. That's why you need to spice things up. You need that's why you need places to go to where you can sort of mess around and try new stuff. Because otherwise you just get so stale as a as a from as a performer. Do you know what I mean? I think you just get stale. I think yeah. you, think, oh, you turn into a bit of a robot or machine. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean with the especially with the Mayflower, you know, what we're doing down there. Um, yeah. I know, like, some promoters, like, I won't book the same person for the next three yeah. months or six months or whatever. But I, with me, what I'm trying to say to people is, if you've got – so, like, I've heard that five minutes, and that's great that you're doing it, and it, but that's ironed yeah. out now. Just come and yeah. do – if you want to come next week and do another five minutes, a different yeah. five minutes, and just try it out. Yeah. Come yeah. On. I think what happens now is a lot of people put pressure on themselves to be – you know, at my level, like right at the very beginning, put yeah. pressure on themselves to be funny and to not bomb. So, oh, I don't want to bomb, so I'm just, I'm yeah. just bringing out the hits. Yeah. I think you, you almost you... have to bomb a little bit. Oh, you do. That's the thing with new material. There's going to be, at that lampoon the other day, there was bits, and it was just, all of it was new. Yeah. There was bits in there where it didn't get nothing, but I, I knew that was going to happen when I went up and did that set. And, and, because that happened, I thought, oh, I won't do that bit again, or I changed that bit. Why did yeah. that bit work? It makes you think, and it makes you better. 
like them places. I'd speak to Sanjay about this quite a lot. Like, I went, I did a gig with Sanjay. Oh yeah, because he was on that gig with me. Yeah. But we did, um, we did a, we were speaking in the car for ages afterwards, talking about sort of um, there's no point in going to one of those venues, and not we're not like, uh, not like slagging off the venue or the people no. in the room. There's no, there's literally no point in us going there and doing our greatest hits. No. One, it's probably not going to get as much as say as it would in front of like a packed room or something like that. So you could lose faith in the bit. Yeah. And also, it's like, well, it, you, you want to get something out of it, and you need to, you need to try new stuff, and they're the best places to do it because it's kind of a nice environment for it. Like, like the dolphin, especially. Like, I take it you have you been to the dolphin? Yeah, yeah, done a couple but, down there. That, like that that sort of place, but I think the lampoon's got the same kind of vibe. Yeah, it's like is is I, I get to the dolphin and I wouldn't care if I died there. No sense. Yeah, I, think, I don't care if I die here. So it frees you up creatively to do whatever you want to do. You can you could do something completely different that you would never do, never never done before. Something completely experimental and batshit. Yeah. But where so it frees you up creatively you can just do what you want so those places are so important and in turn because i think because i'm not worried about dying there i never die there in a sense because yes. it's like you, you always you get find little, out of it yeah and you find little tricks as well to sort of keep going you're comfortable you're sat, you sat you feel comfortable there and then places are important definitely so the same as sanjay yeah. sanjay would do the same thing like you go to you go to the dolphin and just <laughs> prat around won't it yes like yeah so that's yeah that's, yeah, that's that's so, is on again on, on Thursday. He just said, Listen, can I come again? I was like, Yep, yeah. you know, I did it. Yeah, oh, man. Cool. and um, you know, and again, somebody's dropped out. So, again, if you want to pop up, come, we were just, whatever. Gonna say that. I'm just trying to, um, I, I'll have a look after we finish this chat, mate, because I'm not 100% sure, yeah, if I can, but I will, but I will do if I can, definitely. Yes, yeah, perfect. And I said to, so I had a guy in here who was like, He, he does uh, magic as well as his one liners and stuff, Al Roberto. And um, he's friends, oh, yeah, no, with, yeah, and he's friends with like the Magic Circle, Southampton and Pompey. And I was yeah. like, get him on. Let's let's have a bit of variety. Come and have a magic show. And, yeah, yeah, why not? Trying to get sketch, you know, trying to get sketches mm. and and you know sketch groups to come and do kind of sketches yeah. because it's very difficult if you get booked somewhere that's got you know fifty to two hundred audience. You're going to feel pressured yeah. to you ain't going to be able to do new material if someone's got a two hundred audience no, that are paying for tickets, but. If you've got 15, 20 people in a the pub, they don't yeah. pay us to put the night on. There's no money involved at all. Mm-hmm. He just lets us have the space. And yeah. generally, just to fuck about, that's what we were there to work yeah. it out. Yeah, it trying to encourage true. people to use it as that. Mm-hmm. Don't come and do your safe stuff. Come and fuck about. But that's good, man. As a promoter, to hear a promoter say that is a very... It's very, it's good that there is a promoter that wants to do that. Because I'm sure you'll probably get some promoters who would want you to do their best stuff. Yeah. When there's 10 people in the room, what's the point? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. again, our sort of, we've got uh, in a couple of weeks, you know, hopefully everything carries on, but in a couple of weeks, we've got an all female lineup because there's a lot of the, oh, yeah. there's a lot, you know, a lot of, women saying they feel intimidated with you know all males on their thing they're the only females so we just said listen you can have one of the nights and i said because i'm friends with you know viney who mcs it vicky delirious and emma ashley king and just listen come together invite other female comics and you run it so i'm not inviting anyone you guys invite them you run it you can see it yeah that's cool and then the other thing that i want to do with it is people like you know yourself and sanj and andrew white yeah. where there's not a lot of opportunities to run, you know, 20, 30 minutes of material to try and piece it all together. You normally have to sort of get your 10s and your 20s and then you you sort of put it all together. And the only time you get to perform a 30 is when you're doing a proper headline gig. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. say, like, come down and if the four of you want to go, you know, the night's yours and the four of you can do however long you want to do in the two hours, 20 minutes, half hour, 40 minutes, whatever you want to piece together and just yeah. work it out. And we won't put anyone else on the on the bill oh, you just come and have it that type of thing yeah that does sound good that sounds like a good thing that would be very good and very helpful definitely and so obviously coming up to the hour uh gone rapid as fuck i can't believe it's like coming up to the hour already yeah 
Sorry, mate. I feel like I've just talked too much. I do apologise. No, that's good. That's the whole point. It's your, <laughs> your hour. It's your podcast. We haven't had any quiet bits. No. That's good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We've had no good moments. Can you imagine if we were all sat at a pub? The, the night would be like, fucking hell, it's closing time already. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I always ask is, uh, you know, like favourite sort of venues that you've done. And then okay. anybody that you've been on a bill with or anybody you see on a bill that you want to sort of give a bit of a shout out to, if anybody sort of sees their name yeah. coming up, you're like, go and see that person, they're good. Okay, my favourite venue in Portsmouth, and mainly because it's it kind of was responsible for me doing stand-up regularly, is the Fat Fox, because uh, I did it there. It was the first time I ever killed and um, everyone who was kind of in the room that needed to be in the room was there. Yeah. So that kind of like helped me do start doing stand up regularly and become part of this like part of like the Portsmouth circuit. So I love that place and I love Matt Roseblade for even booking me because you know I didn't even he didn't even know me. So he did, but that was a time when he used to put like people on he didn't know. I think it's a bit it's just different there now. Yeah. But um uh. Um, yeah, I, I love that place. I love it. Every time I go back there, I, I just really like it. I really like that place. Yeah, so that's my favourite venue in Portsmouth. Um, uh, what was the other question? Anybody that you would give a bit of a tip of the hat to, to be like, listen, if this person, I find this person really mm-hmm. funny, or this person's you know, probably going to be, they could probably make a career out of it. But also this I person... Love- I like seeing them on the bill. If they're on the bill and I'm on the bill, I'm happy seeing them and I'd recommend anybody sees them because they're good. Well, okay. I'm not going to... Okay, I don't want to say all of my... I don't want to... Okay, I'm going to say someone... Oh, actually, there's a few. There's a few that I'm not going to give credit to because they get enough credit. <laughs> 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 I don't fucking deserve it. Okay? But, um, uh, there's someone who I don't think gets enough credit. There's a few, actually. Can I say... I've got like three yeah. people up. Mentioned. Go for it. Uh, Duncan, uh, Adam, yeah. Duncan, Adam. Do you know? Do you know Duncan? Yeah, I know Duncan. Very... Duncan's very sort of hidden. He doesn't. He doesn't push himself. He's not. He's not out there that much. But he is fantastic, and he's a solid. He's a solid act on every and on any bill. He's just sublime. Yeah, like, very strong comic, and he, I don't think like, he gets enough credit for how good he is because he's so good. He is good. Uh, His hamster bit. Gets me yeah. Oh man, fuck! It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. When he does the thing with the microphone. Yeah. Yes, very funny bit. But he was one of the first people when I when I started. He was the first kind of person I started speaking to, and it was really he's just the loveliest guy. Very nice, very supportive of anyone. Just a great comic as well. Yeah. Um. Who else? Um. Oh, Grant Allen. I think Grant Allen is uh underrated. I think he's a great writer. And I think he's someone as well that like uh, his bits are very unique and it's very him. If yes. you know what I mean, I think he's quite an authentic performer. And I just think I think he's got really good writing as well. And I think his ideas are good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, uh, the other one is oh Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens, I always like sorry, my dog's just walked in. Hello, Humphrey, <laughs> Humphrey from Um and Dan Stevens. Uh, Dan Stevens is just makes me laugh every time I see him. Yeah, he's it's, got a good stage he's, presence, isn't he, Dan? I like Dan. Uh, but he's far too sexy, I think. He's I far too disgusting, isn't it? Far too sexy to be a comedian. He should be a presenter. That's what <laughs> I mean. no, but he always makes me laugh every time I see him. It's uh, something about his performance. I love the uh, sort of bad impressions that he does. <laughs> <laughs> just really makes, just make me laugh. He makes me laugh. I think he's brilliant. I think he's someone as well that I think will. Um, I hope the baby that he's just had doesn't ruin him. But I think, yeah. <laughs> I think that he, if he keeps going, he'll just get better and better. So I think it's very, very funny, naturally funny. And yeah. I haven't seen you, Mr. Craig, so I don't know. I haven't seen you, but I'm sure you're fantastic. I'm <laughs> just yeah. complete filth. I've never seen you. I've never seen you. It's a shame. I need to see you. Don't I? It'll be good. Yeah. yeah, we'll get it sorted out. But um, yeah, I think our. Uh... Yeah, we'll have a chat. Well, I'll have a chat with Sanj on Thursday about yeah. organising a night for um, yeah, for like you guys and Andrew White. I don't, you know, and again, you and Sanj probably know more people than I do, but just as a chance to work out your twenties and thirties and whatever, mm-hmm. and right. take a cool. night over. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Definitely. 
definitely. Brilliant. Well, listen, mate, I could talk all night. This has been fantastic. Um, I definitely think I'd like to organise a beer. And uh, Yeah, definitely. I would love it. Really, really would like it. Definitely. And it's do been that. cracking, and I appreciate your time, mate. Thank you very much. No worries. And uh, you take care of yourself. Have a nice rest of your evening, and I'll get in touch, and we'll sort a beer out. Definitely, mate. Thank you much. Thank you very much for having me as well. Yeah. I'll see you later. Oh, it's been great. See you later. Bye. 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 Tonight's episode is brought to you by our usual sponsors at Above and Bold Clothing. Uh, we are also now sponsored by the wonderful Joke Pit. And the Joke Pit are an organisation that are helping comedians and promoters to put on nights, uh, handle the ticketing and table booking uh, requirements now because of the COVID-19 safety measures that are in place for us to be able to put on live comedy. Um, the Joke Pit, you can see all the events that we've got coming up from The Lampoon if you go to www.jokepit.com forward slash comedy hyphen by, that's B-Y forward slash lampoon hyphen comedy. You'll see all the different events we've got there. Uh, you can also have a look around the Joke Pit website you can see all the different local nights that you've got on around you be able to book your tickets be able to ask comedians questions you can look at comedians profiles it's a really good website definitely take a look if you're in any way interested in comedy that is the place to start